What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Bootstrap Growth. I am your host, Ned Eric, and today I want to talk about messaging. I want to talk about email messaging. Why? Because we're still having this weird quote-unquote battle between personalization, personalization, and freaking, you know, whatever. And I'm just, I'm going to end it today. Mic drop, boom, let's just be done with this. No more arguments. Stop it. Dead in the water. Stop beating dead horses. The end. Hard stop. Whatever other words that I could use there. But I want to just bring this up because it's just like I continue to see it. And it continues to be this like, oh, like this is how you should do it. And I notice people that are making posts are typically not people that are actually sending emails. And if they are sending emails, then we don't actually see the results. You know who does really like an awesome job at this? Christina Forsyth. Um, I forget where she's at. Interstellar? Interstellar. Interstellar because it's not interstellar. Um, she does. She crushes it. She's got like a really good course. Um, I'm I, I'm the worst hype man because I forget everything and I don't take notes. So things that just pop into my head, I'm saying it. But look her up on LinkedIn, Christina Forsyth. It's it's with a K. Christina with a K. Um, she does a phenomenal job. She'll do like five minute videos of emails that she sends and send, give you her open rates and her reply rates. And it's awesome. And obviously, you know, Justin Michael does a great job with it. And the Justin Michael method's phenomenal. Um, but I just want to talk to you about, and by the way, those two are completely polar opposites in what they do, right? Christina is super personalized. Justin is super personalized, right? And I think that the success that you can have on a, on a daily basis is probably somewhere in the middle, right? And there's probably something... Um, in the middle that you can really see success with. And that's actually, you know, I, I, I tend to sit a little bit closer to the perso- personalized side of things, but I do personalize things as well. I do send videos. Um, very rarely do I per- personalize the actual text in my, um, in my emails. But today I want to talk about automated personalization. And I want to talk about it because we live in a land of automated personalization already, right? I mean, how many of you have, you know, gone to Target or you've, you know, shopped online? You know, for me, I, I buy Vans like they're going out of freaking style because I'm 28 years old and still wear skinny jeans, Vans and flannels like I'm going to Warped Tour. And, um, you know, I buy Vans and every week Vans hits me with an email like, yo, buy these ones too. And I'm like, oh my God, those are so cool. Bye. And so I do that because mm, terrible person. And... I like that's exactly like they say, hey, Ned, at the top, basically, you know, based on what you purchased before, you should check these out. And they're all in my size. They're all based on things that I've bought before. They're all, you know, I I only buy Vans Classics, dude. Can we can we like can we stop this whole like argument? Vans Classic with the ties. I don't want the slip ons and I don't want the padding on like the. What, what like the ankle area. I want Vans classics. If you're looking for a present for me, nothing's coming up in my life. That's exciting. But if you just want to give me a present Vans classics, I wear a size 10 because your boys got small feet. And you know what they say about small feet, small Vans. And that's what, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, this is what happens when you listen to bootstrap growth, you get terrible jokes, you get people going off people, you get Ned going off on tangents that don't matter to the actual topic. And you're welcome. 
you're welcome because I bring levity to your life because every other business podcast you listen to is so serious and get your mindset right. And now I'm going on another tangent. So let's pause, center ourselves, bring the chakra back to the center, to the sternum area, and let's talk automated personalization. So this is where we're coming. We're going to talk automated personalization. And so basically what I was saying is like Vans knows what to what emails to send me because of what I bought before. Amazon knows what suggestions to give me when I'm on Amazon based on things that I bought before, right? My Chipotle app knows to ask if I'm okay and offer suggestions of, of local therapists after the seventh time that week I'm ordering Chipotle. Yes, that's true. I have ordered Chipotle seven times this week and I'm fairly certain that Chipotle either is going to stay in business because of me or they're going to just send a, a psychiatrist to my house to see what's going on. That being said, understanding that B2B sales outreach is no different than what I've just talked about here. Whether it be Vans or Target or Saks Fifth Avenue or wherever you shop, sending you emails saying, hey, Ned, you would like this. Or Amazon saying, hey, you bought this book. Other people buy, that buy this book buy these two books as well, right? That's, there's no difference. Your prospects have habits as well. So based on your habits, our internet knows where to send you, what to give you, what content to present you, what emails to send you, what things that you should buy based on your habits. And you need to understand that in B2B sales, your prospects have habits which dictate your outreach to them, right? Because the role of a chief revenue officer doesn't change much from organization to organization, right? If I'm, if I'm having conversations with, you know, like uh, a chief revenue officer, the goal is that they need to be building out strategy that helps their team exceed revenue targets, Hard stop, right? They lead, you know, typically in organizations, they're leading, you know, sales, marketing, customer success. They're leading any sort of customer, um, customer facing um, organization, revenue generating or part of the organization. They're accountable to the CEO, which is then accountable to the board. And really, there are certain things that are they're going to need. Right. There, there's certain things that they're going to be struggling with in every organization. Right. Teams not hitting revenue targets. There's underperforming reps. There's underperforming managers. There's lack of resources to do what needs to be done. Right. There's they're having trouble attracting, ramping and, and retaining talent. Right. No matter where you go, a chief revenue officer is going to be focused on is my is what we're doing at all facets of our revenue facing organization actually reaching targets and they're going to be looking for bottlenecks in each area that is actually slowing down those targets i don't care if you're at you know uh apple the chief revenue officer of apple or you're at the chief revenue officer of a two-year-old startup that's what they're going to be looking for right and they're really responsible for making sure that the revenue targets are being hit and so there are habits that a chief revenue officer does from organization to organization that it doesn't change. It's the same with chief marketing officer, chief strategy, chief sales, uh, VP of sales, uh, chief operating officer, CEO, founder, president. Like 
there are habits that they do on a day-to-day basis. And the thing is, I'm calling them habits, but in business, we call these responsibilities. And they're going to dictate the message in your email. And what happens is I think a lot of times we overcomplicate this messaging, right? Everyone's talking, oh, should you write a long email? Should you write a short email? Should you write, you know, should you add a a, a GIF or a GIF? I don't know what it's called. I don't care either. Um, Whatever it may be, but we're overcomplicating the message. You, there is, there are things that you need to understand in order to write a proper message to your persona. Number one, you need to understand who you're going after, right? What is the persona that you're going after? Is it a CEO? Is it a COO? Is it a head of sales? Is it someone in sales enablement? Is it a marketing manager? Is it chief marketing officer? I'm recording this on a Saturday and I'm getting a Slack message. So now I'm going to turn on my do not disturb. So you guys don't get 30 of those. Um, But we have to understand a couple of things. And so you understand who the persona is, right? And once you understand who the persona is, you have to understand what they do, right? I just went through the CRO, right? They're accountable to the the CEO. They're accountable to the board on really everything revenue, right? Whether it be marketing, sales, uh, customer success. And they are really focused on making sure uh, that, you know, they're actually hitting those metrics, And so, you know, then from there, once you understand what they do, you have to understand their pain because there are a couple of things that, you know, there are people that people are more likely to run from pain than towards pleasure, right? And fear is just a precursor to pain because people are fearful that they're going to hit a pain, right? So fear-based messaging doesn't really work because it's, I mean, it does, but just understand their pain, right? And so, you know, I, I talked about the chief revenue officer, right? Team not hitting targets, underperforming reps, managers, bottlenecks in their revenue targets. You know, they might be looking at conversion rates. They may be looking at different metrics down funnel as well. Um, you know, lack of resources to do what needs to be done. Um, they're, they're looking at attracting, retaining, you know, ramping their, their, their people, making sure that they're getting to revenue quickly with their new people. And so we understand that, you know, these are the things that they're frustrated with. These are the things they're worried about. These are the things that they're concerned with on their day to day. And then you have to understand where your product or service fits in and how you win. Right. So the and, and what I mean by that is, is there are there is going to be a winning zone for your organization where when you reach out to someone, where are you going to actually be able to make a fast impact? Right. And as someone who gets sales messages quite a bit, I can tell you this, that I don't care if you know that I went to Florida Southern College or University of Tampa or that, you know, I lift weights or that, you know, I don't care if you know certain things about me. I want you to speak into my situation and put basically your fill, fill my need with your service or product. Hey, Ned, you're struggling. You know, typically when I'm having conversations with these people, they're struggling with X, they're frustrated with Y, and they're concerned that Z may happen. We've helped other organizations solve for this, and they've seen X results. Make some sense to chat. Interested in learning more. Open to having a conversation, right? It's that simple. And the reason that I call this automated personalization is because these are just habits 
of conversations that you've had with other people. So instead of the chief revenue officer of this organization hitting your website or doing all these things and you're tracking them around the world through cookies, no, what you've done is because you understand the persona that you're talking to, you now, you have the cookies. You have the cookies because generally in an organization, the title ties to certain activities. Those activities tie to certain pains and those pains, if they have them, tie to where you win and where your service or product actually comes into play. And once you do that, then you have your message. And once you have your message, you can write that email. And that's when you can have automated personalization, where if you do these couple of things, understand who you're talking to, the persona, understand what they do, understand their pains that they have on a daily basis, and then understand where your product or service fits in, you are going to write a phenomenal email. And it's going to be an email that resonates. Now, I'm not telling you they're going to reply. I'm not even telling you they're going to open it. But if you do this enough and you consistently are writing emails and and the follow-up emails that are going to be basically saying, hey, I'm talking to a CRO. Typically, a CRO does these few things. If these few things don't happen, here are some pains that correlate back to those things not happening. This is where our product fits in. I'm going to show some social proof, and I'm going to send press send on my email. Those are the messages that are going to resonate. And those are personalized because it's what a persona does. Now, sure, you may get some one-offs where like the chief marketing officer is like, I don't run marketing. And you're like, what? That's crazy. And then you just take them off your list. But for the majority of people you reach out to with the same exact title, no matter where they are, what it doesn't matter if it's an enterprise company, it doesn't matter if it's a company of three people, they're going to have very similar things that they do which then are gonna correlate to pains that they have. And if you can write an email that truly actually, that actually speaks to those pains, ties in what they do and shows that you understand it, right? And and you'll notice that, you know, in, in all of these, I'm saying, you know, hey, typically, you know, when I'm having conversations with other CROs, right? Or, hey, as a founder, you know, time is money, right? You've gotta do X, Y and Z, all while making sure you're on track to, uh, you know, your next funding round, right? I'm giving them what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, but also tying in some pains into that messaging. And then I'm saying, hey, you know, we help early stage companies. Or we, we, we help, you know, early stage organizations looking for innovative ways to build revenue engines that consistently exceed revenue targets and are scalable and repeatable. You know, and then maybe I'll toss in something, you know, hey, you know, typically when we work with organizations your size, they see a 13.8,000% increase. Like, I don't know. But basically, that's the premise. And this is going to allow you to have quantity and quality. The upfront work that it takes for you to actually write in good email that is scalable and that is going to be a quality email is a lot. You do really actually have to understand the persona. You really have to understand what they do at a deep level. You have to understand their pain and then you have to understand where you fit in and you have to have some social proof, things like that. But once you have that, any 
of those personas that you go after, there is going to be a percentage that resonate with. There's, I had a call the other day with a guy. He was a VP of sales. I give him a call. It's a cold call. And I go through, you know, my, my initial statement, you know, and he goes, he laughs and he says, bro, I just got out of a two hour pipeline review that was effing BS. When can we chat? That's what you're looking for. And here's the thing. Not everyone's going to be in that same situation, right? That's one conversation I had this week. This week I booked six meetings, right? That's one conversation that I had, one of the six meetings, right? I made a lot more calls than 10 calls, right? But those are the conversations because I understood what a VP of sales does. I then could take my talk track and say to him, hey, man, you know, been having a lot of conversations with VPs of sales this quarter, man. One of the biggest levers that they're trying to pull right now is putting some rigor around their existing sales process. But there's definitely some concern around the fact that if they don't put some structure around what they're doing today, there's going to come a time when their team's not exceeding revenue targets as consistently. And as they're scaling the organization, um, they're, they're definitely worried that their onboarding and ramping process isn't as efficient as it could be. And it's not as effective for their new hires, which is slowing down time to revenue. Any of that resonate? Boom. Dude, yeah, I just got out of a pipeline review. It was FNBS. <laughs> like those types of messages, right? I didn't pick up the phone and say, hey, Brian, saw you went to Tampa, University of Tampa. Me too. Go. What were we? Trojans? No. Tampa. What? <laughs> I'm a bad alumni. Uh, <laughs> what happens when you don't play sports? You don't know what you're – they're the University of Tampa – Spartans. They are the Spartans, everyone. Yes. Never went to an athletic event in my life. <laughs> Any hooser. Um, that being said, there was zero personalization, but because I tracked habits of VPs of sales, I tracked habits of CROs and CMOs and whoever, whatever persona I can then be target saying, hey, Brian, by the way, guy's name's not Brian, but hey, Brian, I saw you bought this. You should also buy this. Hey, Brian, I saw you do this. Typically, that's tied to a certain pain. We actually alleviate that pain by this. Some other company did, you know, alleviate the pain by 52% in a quarter. You should come talk to me. That's automated personalization. And understand that the way that you outreach to your personas is no different than the way that Target outreaches to you or Vans outreaches to you or Amazon or Chipotle, whatever it is. They are just tracking habits. You need to be tracking habits of your personas. And if you can track habits, you can tie those habits to pain. Those That pain can be tied to social proof and you are going to be writing killer messages this coming week. Love y'all. Talk with you soon. Be awesome. Have a great week. If you need me, hit me, hit me in the DMs.